Uncultured, we are back. It is uh, week number four of Uncultured. Week four? Yeah, we've been doing this a month now. Man, look at that. What's up, y'all? Time flies. Have you ever heard that that version before with the piano in it? No, man. I thought it was, I was like, wait, is this the original? No, that's a, it's the extended mix that came out on the single back in, back when they put out the CD singles. Yeah, man. That was the C&J extended mix. And I always was like, how could you make this song even more funky by adding that, those keys to it? Yeah, I appreciated that. That was a nice, nice little, especially those of you that are driving while listening to us. That's a nice little like song to, to cruise to. That's the thing. We talked about this. I try to keep that in mind whenever I'm putting together the playlist for the show because, you know, I listen to a lot of like, we're going to go kill the ops music. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what do the people want to hear whenever we're, whenever we're making stuff? If you do have anything that you want to hear on the show, you can always reach out to us. It's at Uncultured Radio on Instagram and Twitter. Check in with us. Let us know what you think of the, the tunes. Should I get a Twitter? You should get a Twitter. Yeah. Because whenever I put out the notice of the show for the first time, I put out a message on Instagram and tagged you in it. And then I put out a message on Twitter and I was like, am my Twitterless co-host? <laughs> <laughs> Man, I had Twitter like nine years ago, 10, like I haven't had Twitter in that long. You know, I don't really tweet as much anymore as I like to read my feed, mm -hmm. but Twitter is the one that is the one social media platform that I've always enjoyed. Um, whether I'm tweeting and talking to people or whether mm. I'm just going on and seeing it. I like the short form bursts of thoughts. I, I, I don't know. It stuck with me. I don't know if I get Twitter. I don't know how it works. Like what I do, just like tweet my thoughts. I feel like I'll get in trouble. You tweet your thoughts. You can talk about stuff, promote stuff, promote the gym, talk uh. to people, respond to stuff that you see. I have oh. like a very well curated feed. I've had Twitter since the day Twitter came out and it remains my, even though, like I said, I don't really post, I don't really post on socials outside of my Instagram story all that much. I just kind of got to a point where I was like, I don't really care to post all that much outside of my story, but Twitter is the one that I go on the most for sure. Okay. I guess I got to get a Twitter. It's done. How was, what was your, your week like? You were, you doing something interesting last weekend. Yeah. Um, so MGK. Did like Your a, favorite. Yeah, my dog right now. Um, he just did a, like an impromptu secret show in Venice. He couldn't promote it. And I was like, Why? I'm glad he didn't promote it. Because had he been like, yo, everybody, come here like a couple days ahead, Venice Beach would have been like crazy. Crazy. You know what I mean? So he just posted on his story like a little, a little secret like, hey, you guys should meet me here at around like 2.33 Maybe, maybe not. He said something like that on his story, which means secret show in Venice. But what was cool was that he did it from like a rooftop of a building. And so like every seat was a good seat. You know what I mean? You didn't have to be there like early and like just to get a good view. Yeah. Like people were literally like standing right under the building or where I was at was like right by the little bike path in Venice. For those of you that haven't been to Venice, it was like a little bike path. And on the other side of the bike path, there's like sand. So I just sat like on the edge of the sand and just looked at the show and it was great. Like he was there with Travis, um, Jackson, Travis' son was there, you know. Dingo was there. Dingo was there being Dingo, of course. Um, Megan Fox was there. Like everybody was there. So it was super sick. It was a full show. Cause I'm like, is he doing any music at all? We didn't even, have, we didn't even know what he was going to do. Maybe just like pass out some shirts. Who knows what he would have done in Venice, but he put on a full show with no permission from the city at all. 
And it was great. It was just like a nice, like the crowd was chill. I was like smoking some weed, sitting. Like it was like perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. And especially since I have tickets to see him later on this year, I get to see him again. He did like his entire album pretty much. And then he he did it to celebrate the end of COVID, right? Okay. And then he also said, next month I have an announcement, which is what the fans have been waiting for, which is what me and you have been talking about. Is like he better do another punk rock album because he's the one who just like kind of brought this genre back. And we're like, he better not go back to hip hop. But it looks like he's going back to doing more punk rock. So I'm stoked. See, what's funny about this is like when you and I met and we were talking about music, <laughs> you... There was like one artist that you spoke out about to me that you yeah. did not like, and it was Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah. And no. then the, the the record came out, yeah. um, and you kind of got into him, and then you went back to the last project, Hotel Diablo mm-hmm. too. But uh, that always sticks out to me as hilarious. But that sounds super dope. My friends tried to get me, when Hotel Diablo came out, they tried to, they're like, this one you'll like. And I did, and I, and I liked a couple tracks. I can't remember the names right now, but... But they weren't like, I wasn't going to go back and listen to the album beginning to end type of thing. You know what I mean? And, um, and dude, I'm just like all in. He's a rock star, dude. He's number one. Like, like he's on, on top of the world. He just became this like persona that I feel like he was always meant to be. And I'm like, you better not ruin it and go back to the stuff that like people liked, but didn't make you the, like the number one star on the planet. You know what I mean? I think it's super dope that he did the show like that. Obviously, it's, you know, the beginning of summer. It's the end of COVID, so it's perfect timing. I remember several years ago, I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers do the same thing. And they actually shot a music video in Venice on top of a building. I forget what song it was for, but they did a whole concert up there. And it's cool because, like you said, you could just kick it on the beach, watch the show, smoke some weed, hang out with everybody. It's super chill. Brought a couple claws with me. Nice. You know, two little white claws. It was nice. I just got put on to the, I was, I uh, actually saw a uh, poster for it on just like the scaffolding when I was driving. And uh, have you had the Topo Chico hard seltzers? Yeah, I've had Bro. it. Bro. Yeah, I've had it. I like those. They were really good. Yeah. It was like, I'm a big, you know, tr- a lot of people like Truly, if you like fruitier stuff, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like if you like something sweeter, you might like Truly. I'm more of a White Claw fan. And- I think that I'm a big uh, seltzer guy in general. And Topo Chico is the best seltzer. It's super over-carbonated. Over and so when I had the first Topo Chico seltzer, I was like, these are my ones now. Which is perfect timing because I just had those for the first time. And now we're rolling into 4th of July week. So uh, everybody listening to this is obviously getting ready for their 4th of July. Um, it's a short work week for people. To me, 4th of July is like my favorite Summer holiday. Is it? Yeah, yeah. I think maybe one of my favorite holidays in general. You, 4th of July. You know why? You love America's Day. I don't love America's Day, but I love the celebration (laughs) of it. I like celebration holidays. So I like um, St. Patrick's Day. I like uh, 4th of July. I like Thanksgiving. I like Thanksgiving better than Christmas because it's it's the whole family get together, big dinner, big party without all of the pressure of gifts and religion and all of that shit. Now, do I like the kind of colonialized versions of what those holidays represent? No. But in our era of growing up, <laughs> these are big party holidays. Here's the question. Are you going to be wearing red, white and blue? Fuck no. <laughs> You're going to be wearing black, aren't you? Um, I'll, I might have some colors on, but it definitely won't be red, white, and blue. <laughs> and now I'm going to get a lot of hate, I think, for saying that. 
because we're talking to a national Don't audience. Worry, I'll, I'll wear but, red, white, and blue for you. Yeah, guys. yeah. But that's not my vibe. I'm not a American flag, uh, swim trunks type of guy. Oh, you should never. Nobody should be <laughs> American flag swim trunks. But I love fireworks. I love cookouts. I love getting wasted with my friends and blasting music. Yeah. You know, I do not like all those holidays that you just named. I do love. I do like St. Pat- Patrick's Day because I'm a big Guinness fan. But the way I see it is. I do these things already on the weekends and like these big holidays just makes it more, it just makes everybody doing what I usually do. So therefore I don't like to do it on those days. That's fair enough. Like I don't want to, like I want to do a barbecue and stuff like that, but on 4th of July, everybody does a barbecue. So it's hard to find a good spot. You know what I mean? Well, the thing for me is I, I think 4th of July always felt like I know that people celebrate Memorial Day as the like official start of summer. Oh, I'd never do anything. But Fourth of July always felt to me like it was the official start of summer because by then, regardless of like growing up on the East Coast, you obviously didn't have to deal with this so much. But I had snow days, so you never <laughs> knew quite when the school year was going to end, depending on how many snow days you had. Wow! So it was maybe stretch out longer. So by July Fourth, you're definitely out of school. You're hanging out with all your friends. Mm-hmm. It's officially summertime. And, yeah. that, and so I think that's why it always registered for me as, like, it's a fun party because we're, like, kicking off summer, you know? Yeah, I'm stoked. But my birthday's in summer, July 24th. So that's my favorite holiday, <laughs> you know, of the summer. Uh, and I get to be in Miami, and that's fun. But I do like 4th of July. I fuck with 4th of July. Well, what I, I was going to ask you if you had any, like, great 4th of July memories because, to me, 4th of July seemed to always be, like, a bunch of firsts growing up for me interesting like the first girl i ever kissed was on a fourth of july no way yeah first time i got laid was also on a fourth of july no way yeah dude. yeah it's a big day for you it was always a big day and like i said it was like the summer party time for us um i blacked out at the bungalow <laughs> in santa monica like two years ago that's all i remember that's pretty great yeah that's that's it well okay skipping fourth of july Summer moments, because earlier this week when we were training, you brought up summer camp to me, which you were like, I always wanted to do summer camp. And I was like, I did summer camp and it was bullshit. Everybody out there, back me up, dude. I've never been to being a a kid from Miami born in the 90s where everything is camp this camp that camp camp camp. And I'm in Miami. There's no camps. You have to just to drive out of the state is 12 hours. So and that seems to me like it costs a lot of money, too, from your parents point, which I also didn't have. So. I don't know. I just never got to go to camp, but I always wanted to go to a lake and I wanted to be on that blob thing. And I wanted like a big fat kid to jump on the blob <laughs> and me to like fly 50 feet up in the air and then go into the lake. Remember heavyweights? Like everything was yeah, camp, yeah. dude. Everything was camp in the 90s and I just wanted to go to camp. So now there's adult camps, which we talked about. And you said that sounds like a terrible idea. It sounds so terrible because camp, I, I get the kind of like, the Nickelodeon version of camp that we saw as kids. But I went to camp as a kid, and it was not like that. And being a grown man doing that whole thing again just sounds like the worst thing ever. But, Josh, you also don't like Christmas and Disney and happiness. So I like happiness. <laughs> I just don't equate Christmas and Disney and summer camp. Also, spoiler alert to our listeners, you're talking to a guy or you're listening to a guy who cannot swim. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine why you don't want to. I like to be 
I like to be near the water. Okay. I like to even stand in the water. I've been with you in the water. Well, near water. Yeah. I'll put my feet in the water. If I can wade out into it, I'll wade out into it. But I can't swim, so what am I really going to do, you know? Makes sense. Uh, I mean, don't they teach you how to swim in summer camp? I, I've had so many people in my life try to teach me how to swim, and no one's been able to do it. I've had people like my family members try to teach me how to swim. My friends tried to. Every girl that I've ever dated has been like, I'm going to be the one that teaches you how to swim. Nope, I just sink. Trial by fire, dude. Someone's just got to push you in one day. Dude, that's what I do. <laughs> I, I'm not. Here's the thing. For a person who doesn't know how to swim and could potentially drown, mm-hmm. I'm not scared of the water. I just can't swim. Makes sense. And I've tried over and over and over again, and I every time I just sink. So, like, a lake is a especially bad place for me to be because if I'm in a pool, okay, you can see if I'm sinking and drowning. If I drift to the bottom of the lake. That's a good point. No, no, one, no one will know I'm there. Yeah, no one will know. Man, I, no wonder you don't like camp, dude. But, like, isn't it fun to, like, I, I want to, like, be in the boys' bunk and, like, sneak in candy bars and then, like, run away at night to, like, make out with my girlfriend in the woods. You know, stuff like that. See, that's that's also kind of a myth because, A, like, candy is not forbidden at camp. You can have your candy with you. And B, they there's a lot of camps that do things differently. The camp I went to, it was like two different, completely different campgrounds hmm. for the boys and for the girls. And so there was no way to sneak over there and do it. It was like miles and miles away. So it was like you would see each other during the day, but when you would go to your sleep quarters, it's like, okay, are we going to find our way 10 miles through the woods to where the girls are. It's like not really that feasible. You needed me in your bunk. That's why. <laughs> and also about adult camp. I, I know that it's like four days. Okay, but even that, I know that it sounds fun to you because you've never done camp. Yeah. But imagine the grown adults that go to adult camp. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't <laughs> think it's going to be people like us. Yeah, you don't think so, man? I think it's going to be a couple 90s heads that are like, you know, big camp fans. I want to do all the camp stuff. I think it's going to be kind of uh, a nerdier crowd who never grew up and just like, okay, so. A bunch of me's in camp. Can't wait. No, but that's the thing. That's not you because you like your nerdy shit, but yeah. you're like a regular dude. Uh, the, okay, here's the, the way I would equate it to you. You love Disney. Uh-huh. But you're not one of those adults that you see at Disneyland who is just covered in all the pins and has to get every little thing Disney and like yells at the staff and all Correct. like I've seen some wild shit going besides to Disney the, the from grown part, adults. Besides the pins, because I do rock my pins. You haven't seen my pins? I haven't seen your pins. Oh, I but got a bunch of pins. Bro, are are you telling me that you have like a vest that has every pin on it that you have to wear to Disney? No. I don't no, believe that. I, no, but I do wear my lanyard full of pins and Nicole wears her lanyard full of pins. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. I got the pins. But I, you're right. I don't have like a sleeve of like Disney tattoos. Yeah. It's always weird to me whenever it's like a husband and wife and they have a Mickey and Minnie wedding together. No chance. Me and Nicole are against that. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Those are the people that are going to adult camp. Yeah. My girlfriend will kill me if we did that stuff. I think it would kind of be like the, the kids in heavyweights that grew up. It would be a bunch (laughs) of like, (laughs) like fat nerd kids. You know what I mean? Okay. Okay. I'll give you that. I don't, I don't think it would be all that fun. Also, I have to preface it. I grew up super religious. Um, that was just the way my family was. It's not the way I am now. But the camp that we went to 
was a like Christian camp too. So that maybe played into it. A Weren't little those bit. the ones that like were the craziest? It wasn't like the okay. So I know there's like the Jesus Camp movie and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, my friend went to a Jesus Camp and said it was this pretty gnarly. This wasn't that. Okay. This was summer camp, but instead of like learning to build a fire or some shit, uh-huh. you're learning about Jesus and making like Jesus crafts. Wow, that's so Sucks. bizarre. That's so Sucks. weird. Did you make a cross out of popsicle sticks? Yeah, all kinds of shit like that. Yeah. You were saying that as a joke, and I'm like, yeah, oh. that's what we were doing. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. What a nightmare. I can see. I can see. But guess what? We're going to have to go to a four-day adult camp and find out. I'm not going to that. Here's the other thing, and this is what I was telling you, too, whenever you brought it up earlier this week. I am a bit of a, a clean freak, in a sense. Oh, yeah. I, I take two showers a day. I think a lot of people do. And whenever we were at camp... You only had one set shower time a day. And I'm like, I need two showers. I don't want to be dirty. Even as a kid, you needed two showers? Yeah. As a kid, okay, when I was playing sports in school, I would be a three-shower-a-day guy. Oh, my God. Because I would, I would shower in the morning, got to go to school fresh. Yeah. You do practice, you shower. You go home, you do whatever you're doing at home, play whatever it is, go out and play some basketball or something. Do another shower before you go to bed. So back then, I used to be three showers a day. Um, now, obviously, we train in the mornings, so I do my morning shower after we train. And then I do a night shower before I go to bed, after I've done my whole day. I appreciate your cleansiness. But when I was young, one shower was enough. Nah. You know what? I've always been, I don't know about you, I've always been like, I sweat a lot. And I so don't, I don't. That's probably why. Yeah, because I'm like, oh, I sweated. I feel like I've sweated. I got to take a shower, mm-hmm. you know. So I don't want to go to summer camp because it's hot and there's no air conditioning. <laughs> and I'm going to sweat a lot. And I only get one shower. Are you kidding me? I yeah. ain't going to bed dirty. What yeah. are you talking about? Camp, camp definitely <laughs> wasn't for you. No, not my thing at all. Um, you're listening to Uncultured. Coming up for you right now is uh, Blast and Dom Kennedy. Got it all. Type of nigga to brag, my lady got it all. Hey, yeah, she poppin' but never poppin' off. Plus she bad and boozy to top it off. So whoever trippin', they can knock it off. Not the type of nigga to brag, little baby got it all. Yeah, am I wrong? I just wanna show you all. Hey, only ride a chop it, the top is off. So tell whoever trippin', you the type that make me boss up. I've been coolin', but you movin' with some hot stuff. I just blow it, it don't matter what it cost up. Baby, bring it to the table like a pile up. Yeah. They be telling me it's not love, but I don't know who they speaking on. It's not us. Yeah. You can't tell me what you got. It's not drugs. Cause I'm addicted. Keep me coming. Let me cop up. Yeah. Okay, you got me locked up. They won't let me out. Dealing with these bitches, they just stress me out. You the one I wanna come and bless me now. Uh, right now, like, right now, like. Not the type of nigga to brag. My lady got it all. Hey, yeah, she popping, but never popping off. Plus she bad and boozy to top it off. So whoever trippin', they can knock it off. Not the type of nigga to brag, little baby got it all. Yeah. Am I wrong? I just wanna show you all. Oh God. Only ride a chop at the top is all. 
So tell whoever tripping yeah. and I get out. Don't talk, just pay attention. Yeah. Even good girls gotta pay commission. Mm-hmm. Word on the street is that you got it all. I wanna press every button till you turn back. Join in my mouth for the look, baby. I'm the type you read about in the newspaper. I'm the type to take you out in the new Mercedes. Windows down, music loud. I was born to make it. I slide right in the fresh sheets of satin. Talk still cheap, I'm about those actions. Real satisfaction, truth of passion. She look good in high heels, open toes, Air Maxes. I'm not the type of nigga to brag, my lady got it all. Yeah, yeah she poppin' but never poppin' off. Plus she bad and bougie to top it off. So whoever trippin', they can knock it off. Not the type of nigga to brag, little baby got it all. Yeah, and my runner just wanna show you all. When you ride a chop at the top, it's off. So tell whoever trippin', they can knock it off. Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah, she got it all, she got it all, that nigga Blast, Dom Kennedy, still getting fly. She need more loving in the morning. She need more loving in the night. I don't know what to tell her, so I just close my eyes. If you want me to be somebody, I can't just be your somebody. I don't know what to tell her, but this morning shit's so active. Baby, you know that. I've been this way for small. Oh, you know me already. Oh, you know me already. You know what you signed up for.
Ty Dolla Sign, too much to ask. That was your uh, that was your track. You sent that to me last night, and you were like, "Hey, we got to add this to the playlist." Yeah, man, I feel like it's a nice Fourth of July cookout type of type of song. You know what I mean? Nice and chill. It's got Ty Dolla Sign on it. Yeah, I love Ty. Ty's one of my favorite artists. And listening to the show this week, that all of the music is kind of set around the theme of you know we're summer. It's Fourth of July week. We're outside. We're cooking out. We're at the beach. Maybe all of this music is kind of vibey like that. Um, I wanted to talk a little bit of basketball with you because that's what we do around here. The Bucks. What about them? It looks kind of bad for them. And I'm like, is this really going to happen? Are the Hawks going to go? I, I don't think so. I was clearly rooting for the Hawks. Then again, I was definitely rooting for the Bucks too in their series, you know. But now they made it, and I just feel that the Hawks stole one, right, which they should have. And I feel like Giannis is going to come. Hawks look fire. Trey's on fire. Um, and I would really like to see him get it done. It's all about Trey, man. But I don't know if they can keep it up. I know they stole this one, but I just feel that Milwaukee's has bigger bodies and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So I don't know. It's going to be tough. I'm also going to say uh, a couple weeks ago that I owe a slight apology to the Clippers because they really, like, turned things around and got things going. Of course, Paul George blew that shot. Blew um, it. He blew the free throws, Yeah, man. two free throws. I don't know how you do that. But he made up for it with the with the crazy jumper the next game, that crazy three from way back. Yeah, from the um, corner. Pat Beverly looked great. So I, I still think that this is the Suns series, um, and I don't – completely disagree with my take on the Clippers, but they did come back. So I owe them a bit of an apology. You don't owe them shit. They ain't going (laughs) to do nothing. They got nothing for the Suns. The Suns are going to take this. Watch it. All right. I want to talk about some stuff that is going to be more off-season focused because, you know, we'll see how things continue to play out in the playoffs. But there's a lot of news bubbling up right now. And I'm going to start with my team, the Sixers and Ben Simmons. Oh, yeah. So Embiid has turned on him. Uh, the press has turned on him. And yet, the Sixers front office, shout out Dave Schaller, I love you, my old UFC boss who's the, the head of PR over there. Uh, but the Sixers front office are, is saying we're committed to keeping him. Good. Keep him. Get rid of Embiid. Send him to Miami. It's sunny. They're it's definitely sunny. not getting rid of Embiid. What are you talking about? <laughs> They're going to keep them both. But they hate each other, dude. They can't work together. If anybody goes, it's going to be Simmons. Man, the, they'll never get rid of Embiid. Make, of course, they shouldn't. But, dude, you're not going to listen to, like, trades for... Ben Simmons cannot stay there another season. I have to think that this is kind of, like, he needs political. A fresh, he needs a fresh start. I, I think that they're playing nice. Because I did see that Ben Simmons... Or publicly playing nice. Uh, because I did see that Ben Simmons' agent went to the Sixers and said, hey, let's talk about a trade. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what the move is here. It obviously isn't working. And, I mean, he's getting buried in sports media this week. Buried. As he should. As he should. Everybody's burying him, though. But I think he needs a fresh start. I think he knows he needs a fresh start. That team just doesn't work for him. And I feel that the, the, the reason they're holding on to Ben Simmons is because they don't want to admit that they were wrong. Well, it, here's the thing, though. You already traded up to take Markel Fultz, and that you got rid of him quick. I know. Why hold on to him? Just move on. It's it breaks my heart to say this, but the process didn't really it didn't work pan out. Admit that the process didn't work, and start don't start over, but get a bunch of pieces around Embiid for Ben Simmons. But where would he go? 
that's what I'm thinking. I, especially after what's happened over the last like two weeks, mm-hmm. I think it would really damage his his trade status. I don't know who wants him. I know. I don't think I don't know who wants him either. Maybe the Knicks? Question mark. No, the Knicks won't take him. The Knicks uh, have good guards. And they have their eyes on a couple of other key prizes that could come in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't think that they're, they would be entertaining that. The Knicks also, they need more shooters. And you yeah. wouldn't take him for that purpose. Yeah. The big story right now, actually, well, let's jump to the Knicks. Because I have something on here that relates directly to the Knicks that is probably the most fascinating story playing out in basketball right now. Wow. What Zion Williamson. Oh, yeah. So his family comes out. And criticizes the Pelicans and uh, the front office specifically says, hey, we don't think that they're doing enough to, to take care of Zion Williamson and to uh, foster a good team environment for him to succeed in. We want him out. They fire their coach, which is nuts after one season. And there's all this rumbling now about what's going to happen with Zion. Now, if you remember back during the regular season, the first game that he played against the Knicks in the garden at the post-game presser, someone asks him, hey, what does it feel like to, to have your first game in the garden? And he looks off to the side. You can go back and watch this video. He looks off to the side to somebody who's not on camera, smiles real big, and he turns back and he goes, that's a great question. I'm really glad you asked me that. I loved playing here. I want to play in New York. Interesting. But it's still, I know the team's like looking nice. They're young. They're exciting. He would be an amazing addition to that team. But do you forget who owns the Knicks still? Yeah, but I mean, they're making their moves and they're doing their things. And I think the Knicks, the Knicks wanted him from day one and just didn't get the pick to take him. Um, and on top of that, you got R.J. Barrett, yeah. who is his teammate, yeah. who is definitely going to go to bat for his boy. I think the real issue that the Knicks are going to run into here, because, you know, back two years ago when Zion was getting drafted, everybody wanted him. Mm-hmm. But now you got Julius Randle having the best season of his career, looking like a real beast, looking like he deserves a max contract. Are the, would the Knicks give up on Julius Randle to bring Zion in whenever Zion hasn't really proved himself? Because here's the other thing about Zion Williamson. I loved him at Duke. Dude has been injury prone, hasn't played a complete season yet, has kind of been underwhelming, and is already demanding a trade and having team talk publicly about the organization that he's playing for. Seems like he could be a bit of a handful. Seems like that. He seems like he could be a little bit of a handful because you're forgetting when you're a rookie, you got you stay with your team those first four years. Yeah, you're most likely going to get drafted by a terrible team. That's kind of yeah. If you're reason. a good player, that's yeah. what's going to happen. That's the way it's always happened. Mm-hmm. The highest pick goes to a, probably the worst team in the league. That's kind of how it goes, dude. But I just feel that he seems a little diva for, for me. He yeah. already demanding a trade. Like, nobody does that. Nobody does. You know, you kind of deal with it. Like, if you were great, look what LeBron did with the Cavs. If you were great, you would be able to carry that team. Like you said, he's injury prone. And I just don't, I don't know. If he goes to the Knicks, it would be good. But I don't know. I don't want to deal with him. If I'm if I'm the Knicks, I'm all in on Julius Randle, and I'm not doing that. Julius Randle has been in the league a bit longer, but is yeah. still a young guy. He's in his 20s. You but know? Zion is good, though. I know he's injury prone, but he'll play like 20 minutes and he'll put up 20 points in those 20 minutes, like sleeping around, like not even trying. So imagine once he gets healthy and you see a full Zion, that's going to be scary. 
But see, that's what I would need to see if I was going to be the Knicks and write off Julius Randle, who just took me to the playoffs for the first time in like nine years. Yeah. No, I, you got to keep Julius. You yeah. Can't. And here's the thing. You couldn't have both guys. You're not going to have the contract space. And you've got two guys who are both fours, can't play the three, can't play the five. Yeah. So what are you going to do there? you got to have one or the other. So if I'm the Knicks, I'm all in on Julius Randle for what he just accomplished for the team and for the city of New York, and I'm going and finding some other pieces in the offseason. I, I wouldn't risk it just yet on Zion. Yeah, you know who I think they're going to go for? Who? And I don't want them to because I want this player, but I feel that the Miami Heat are going to go for Bradley Beal. I feel like that's what we're going to do. I feel like that's our move. But I feel that Dame Dollar might make his way to New York. What do you think? I think that that could be a perfect fit. You know, what I like, when I like the Knicks, it's because they got the bad boys. And you you bring in Oakley. You talk about the history. You talk about Ewing. You talk about all the guys that have played there. Even you go through their their entire 90s lineups. They always Spreewell. had Spreewell. Starbird. Yeah. Let's go. They've always had those type of players there. And the idea of having Julius Randle and Dame Dalla on the same team in the garden wild man i would be all in on that that yeah. would be fun it'd be it'd be dope but i'd be pissed unless my heat stack up a bit so i do think that it's pretty terrible just to touch on the pels real quick i i do think it's pretty terrible that they fired stan van gundy after one season i know he's such a legendary coach not legendary but he's been in the league for a minute yeah and he's forever. a good coach yeah he's a good coach but do you know who has thrown his hat in the race to be the new coach of the pelicans I do know, but why don't you tell them, Josh? <laughs> Master P. <laughs> I like, love it. He's a no limit soldier. Yeah, and I mean, he was uh, he was on like a, a a ten day contract with the Hornets back in the nineties. Back in the day, I remember. Yeah, that. I would love to see Master P coach. It's never gonna happen. Never but gonna. Happen how great would that years. be? In a million years, it'll never happen, but it'll be great. He was like, if if I'm the coach, Zion will be happy here. We'll take care of him. <laughs> Yeah, what are you going to do? How do you make him happy? What are you going to do, Master P? He's going to make him say, uh. <laughs> I just don't, like, does he know anything about, like, strategy or, I mean, I wouldn't mind having him as an assistant. You got to, I'm sorry, dude, you got you to gotta earn it. You yeah, earn it. You yeah. You can't just be Master P and just, like, roll up. He does have a basketball mind. He's been in the league before himself, and he's played, and he's obviously basketball obsessed. But you can't. That doesn't make a great head coach in these, the NBA. These coaches earn their stripes, and he's got to earn his stripes. From he needs to get into the in the editing room and edit some like film for the team, and then work his <laughs> way slowly up. Speaking of fresh starts, Celtics gave up on Kemba pretty quick. Yeah, they did for Al Horford, who they just had already. Like that's the <laughs> stupidest thing. Yeah, it makes sense for both teams, but. Man, the Celtics are a mess. Yeah, I, I thought it was really weird that the the Celtics, I mean, obviously Ainge is gone. We talked about that. But getting rid of Kemba and bringing in Al Horford, it's like, okay, they're obviously blowing up the team right now. So that makes me wonder about the other pieces. I, I think they keep Tatum for sure. You have That's to. That's their, their new future. Definitely. What do you do with, like, a Jalen Brown or some of these guys? I, I think that they're, they're in a mode right now where they're going to have to just blow the whole thing up. I think they got to blow it up. Keep Tatum. He's still young, so he's not going to be too upset, I feel. Which I have to tell you, I'm always happy when the Celtics are in turmoil. 
Of course. I hate the Celtics. I hated whenever they pulled a fast one on the Nets and the Nets gave up everything to bring in Pierce and, and uh, Garnett and it just fizzled out and then they were just set up for this dynasty, it looked like. Yeah. And it all everything has crumbled and fallen apart and I love that. That's part of the team I've hated the most in NBA history. You know, fun fact, I was uh, I was looking through the metrics on our show. We have a very high listenership in Massachusetts. So they're not going to love this conversation, but fuck the Celtics and fuck the Patriots. Hey, Boston, if you guys are listening, fuck the Celtics and fuck the Patriots, just in case you missed it. <laughs> um, I'm going to keep it in basketball for a minute. Uh, have you been paying attention to the Team USA stuff? Of course I have. Why, why, why have I been paying close attention to the Because team your team? boy, Bam, is going. That's right, who deserved that last time, who was one of the best guys in that Team USA camp and then get, didn't get the nod to be in the team, and now he was one of the first people added to the team, and I love it. So we got Bam, we got Harden, we got Katie, we got Draymond, Bradley Bill, who you just touched on, Tatum, Devin Booker, Dame Dalla. It's a, it's a good lineup. Why, if you are one of the other teams around the world, why would you even play? So here's my question for you, though, because the next point that I was going to touch on is that Steph Curry and Donovan Mitchell both turned down going. Yeah. There's been some other turndowns because of what, what we've been talking about with the bubble and the short turnaround time into this season and all yep. the injuries and stuff. Mm-hmm. Are you happy that Bam is going, or are you a little worried about him going from back-to-back jammed seasons into this, into the next season, when Bam's had a couple of injury issues. Yeah, I feel that this is something for for him. You know, if you play for your country, it's something kind of for you. And let's be honest, it's an easy gold medal. It should be, yeah. It's an easy gold medal, like, for everybody on that team. It's so easy. Why would you not? Why would you not do it? If you're healthy, I also feel that Bam wouldn't do it if he knew that it would be detrimental to his next season. I feel that he's probably healthy now. The Heat went out early, so now he's got a little bit of break. We don't really need that much break. Last season, they just didn't get any break at all. Right, right. They, they just needed a little bit more of a break. Now he already had his break. He's going to play for Team USA. He's going to get a little break after that. I think it's enough. And if you're a, a Bam who's always working on your game, you're going to be playing somewhere already. So, I, you know, I get what you're saying. It's Team USA. It's the Olympics. Having an Olympic gold medal is like one of the greatest accomplishments in all of sports. So I get it. I just would be a little bit more selfish about my team and, and my players. And I get it. I, hey, go get your gold medal. But I still, from a selfish standpoint, I'd be like, ah, dude, you're going to burn yourself thin doing this. But you know why he's really going, right? Why? To recruit Bradley Beal. Why else? <laughs> do you guys even have the cap to bring in Bradley Beal? Of course we do. We got so much cap. We got so much. We got all the cap. I think that's cap. No, it's not cap. We do have cap. Check check the books. All right, we're going into some uh, combat news topics. I'm going to talk about something that is wild in the boxing world. Did you see Anderson Silva beat... Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. Yeah, so we we spoke in the last on the uh, last uh, podcast about this, and I said that as much as I really really dislike Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. because I think he's a joke with all the potential that he's had, he's done you know a a, a li- he's done one percent of what he could have accomplished in his career. So 
obviously former WBC middleweight champ. He's 11 years younger than Anderson Silva. He should have won. He has a 52 and now four record after losing to Anderson Silva, who, despite being a UFC legend, has a two and one boxing record now. Yeah, he that, was one and one before the fight. Yeah, that record of his is phony. First of all, um, he fought a bunch of nobodies. I mean, that's boxing, though. Yeah, 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 yeah. You especially, um, especially, especially, especially his record, but. Um, yeah, he should have won that fight. Once again, he didn't train, and Anderson Silva looked good. Is it the juice, or did he train really hard? What do you think? I, I, I think it's probably a little bit of both. I don't mm-hmm. know. I know the fight happened in Mexico City. I don't know any of the kind of – I'm uh, sure they didn't have WADA or USADA or somebody involved doing the drug testing, so you can always yeah. chop that up in there. But I also just thought he looked pretty good. He looked really good. Yeah, and he left the door open. He said, you know – I have nothing left to prove, but he didn't say he was retiring. Yeah, because he's always he's going to need that money in a year. You know what I mean? He's going to need some more money. Fight another fight, maybe fight. Um, I just love what he said about the Jake Paul thing when they asked him about it. I didn't even see that. Anderson Silva, they asked him, like, oh, why didn't you just, like, fight, like, Jake Paul or whatever? And he's like, you know, I've got nothing to prove. Uh, I wanted to fight a, 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 a world champion and beat him yeah. at his sport. Not my sport. And he did it, dude. What a legend. Yeah. He, I love Anderson Silva. Such a nice guy, man. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, I'm always happy to see him do well. I'm glad that I got to, after that, work some of his fights and do some stuff with him along the way. He's a true icon of the sport. I want to see him box more. Yeah, yeah. That looked like that could be his new lane. Yeah, he looked really good. I feel like he could take on some people. I think he should do that. I think he should. Why not? Why not? The other thing that was interesting about this to me is that fight went to a decision in Mexico City. Yeah, dude. I was blown away that I, I thought he had won the fight. But when they went to the judges in Mexico City, I was like, he isn't one in this fight. Uh-huh. So I was really impressed by that. I have a question for you. Yeah. How disappointed is Chavez Sr.? Oh, my God. He <laughs> has to be so let down. He's the most let down father of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you talk about nice guys too. I've done a bunch of uh, media tours going to um, ESPN right by the Staples Center over there mm-hmm. where they tape all the LA ESPN shows. And he does a boxing show uh, for ESPN Deportes. And I've had a bunch of fighters on there. I've had like Henry Cejudo and people go on there. He is the nicest guy in the world, comes up right away, introduces himself. I'm like, I know who you are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we know who you are. Do you know he used to follow me on Instagram for a little bit? Really? Yeah, we DM'd a little bit, and I took screenshots because I was, like, so stoked. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> and, he would like, and he even uh, commented on one of the photos. He's like, hey, Roots of Fight, get my man some of my, some of my gear. Dope. Never heard from Roots of Fight. But I appreciate the gesture. That was so cool of him. Yeah, I mean, icon. One of, the, one of the greatest of all time. I like him way better than De La Hoya, who we were shitting on last week. He's the real pride of Mexico. Canelo's the pride of Mexico. Well, I'm talking historical. Yeah, he was the pride of Mexico. Then it was De La Hoya, the golden boy. And now it's Canelo, the greatest of all time. Yeah, yeah. Canelo's definitely like in that. Even with the loss on his record. Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. We got to roll this back. I like watching Canelo fight more than I watch Floyd fight. Yeah. But when the history books are closed on this mm-hmm. period of fighting, mm-hmm. is the world going to view Canelo as the best, or is it still going to be Floyd? In a little bit. In a little bit. He's on, the, he's on the trajectory to be the best of all time. 
I wonder what he has to do to be the best because, you know, he's not fought near as many, like, legendary names as Floyd fought over his time. He's way more exciting as a fighter, mm -hmm. but Floyd fought everybody and he beat fought, them handily. He did. I, yes, and that's why he's the number one of all time. But give Canelo some time. He's going to beat everybody. And the way he's beating people is not is more dynamic than what Floyd did. Uh, you know, Pretty Boy Floyd, to me, is the greatest of all time. That little part of his life. Because he was banging people up. He was fucking people up straight up in boxing. Yeah. And he, and he was defensive. But he was more aggressive, which is how Canelo is. Canelo's, yeah, he's a great defensive fighter. But he comes at you and he beats the shit out of you. So I think that the Canelo we're seeing now is going to be the greatest of all time. Just, just because... Like, Pretty Boy Floyd was, you know, his young young Canelo. I mean, it was like um, Pretty Boy Floyd were the earlier days of Floyd, and then he became more defensive as he got older. We're seeing the opposite from Canelo. Canelo is now just being more aggressive the older he gets, and his defense is only getting better. And we're, we're just seeing the nicest style of fighting ever. That's what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Then I'm going to throw this back at you, and then we can move on, because this is the, the contrarian side of things. And again... Can, I like watching Canelo fight way more than I watch Floyd's fights. Uh -huh. um, he lost to Floyd. And on top of that, there's the drug stuff. Yeah, but he Do you won. think that tarnishes it? I don't think the drug tarnishes anything on account of, you know, it was a little blip. You know what I mean? In history. Because so in most fighters' cases, I mean, Cyborg and he, didn't, and he didn't get caught. He didn't get caught, caught. I mean, but we all know that he of course, did he, it. Because he went up weight classes, and he had to gain weight quick. And so the, the thing that I would point to from the MMA side of things is Chris Cyborg tested positive for, for steroids back in, like, 2011. And it's followed her the rest of her career. And people are like, oh, she's the greatest with an asterisk because <laughs> yeah. of that. And I know it's a little bit different, but uh, what? Why do you think when it, when other fighters pop uh -huh. or when other athletes pop, it rides with them forever? Barry Bonds. Yeah, but why they, wouldn't it? Why wouldn't it ride with him? Because they're fighters that, first of all, kind of like didn't need to do it. Like Chris Cyborg was already epic. You know what I mean? Yeah. Canelo did it to gain weight, which is kind of different. Like you look at Chris Cyborg, you look at Vitor Belfort, you look at them, and you're like, yeah, you guys are juiced up. Okay, so you look, at, you look at Overeem. Yeah, you're juiced up. So then, in terms of things that you and I talk about from time to time, we're we're considering it more along the lines of a Dillashaw than. Yes, he did it. Yes, he did yeah. it for weight for weight purposes. Um, he did it to gain weight. He went up two weight classes. He's he's a small guy. I I'm a small guy, and he was. I've stood next to Canelo, and back in the day when he fought Floyd, he was smaller than me. So yeah, like like what you were saying, yeah, he lost to Floyd, but. That, that just goes to show you his character. He doesn't duck anybody. He wanted to fight the best, and he did fight the best. And because of it, he became, he's now becoming the greatest fight. You only become the greatest by pushing yourselves. Yeah, you lost. So what? This goes to show you. It doesn't matter if you lose. Everybody's so worried right now in boxing about their perfect record, mm -hmm. which is bullshit, dude. It's bullshit. Fuck the perfect record. No, no, none of the greatest ever have a perfect record. Floyd. Yes. <laughs> right. That's what I have to keep coming back no. to. Everything and, that no, you're and saying. I agree. That's, he's, yeah. the, and he's the greatest ever. He is the greatest ever. Mm -hmm. I agree. But he's going to be, he's not going to become, 
He's going to get passed by Canelo just by the way that he's beating people. All right. It's uh, it's uncultured. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back with some non-sports stuff. I'm going to play a, a track that I'm loving right now out of Nigeria. Okay. Uh, this is Spin All and Fireboy. It's called Sere.
the luggage is piling. I need a close to waste. So many stinky sit in my wallet. Look like a folding chair. The cardi is so light on my body. Thought I floated here. We bolded here. It's Tunchi and Tyler. But call me Boulder. Let's chill. Out in Switzerland. Travel with my bitch. She me kissing dog. I love when she let me rub her like Michelin. A hundred grand to sleep on the bird. The wings are whistling like. Man, they ain't listening. We cross the line like immigrants and benefit from it. Keep on stunting on these niggas, make them sick to their stomach, man. Y'all don't understand. Fish so fresh that you can taste the same. Yeah, we getting lost, but we know who we ain't. Bada, 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 son, son, something. Treat that last part like you niggas ain't saying nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you see these excursions right here? Just too lavish to post on the gram. Excuse me, pardon me. The wind it blows so hard to me, like Mother Nature arguing about some baby father beef, and I'm stuck in the middle of the sandwich, like slaughter me. Got my middle fingers to the cameras, that's recording me from y'all to me. Stop calling me unless you're ordering. I'm on the beach, I got my feet out, and I stay on my feet. The corner beat, I'm on a deep route. Just throw the ball to me, thought all this lean would have me see now. I guess they see now, that's touchdown. Catch a beat down, like I catch touchdowns. I fuck around and slow the beat down and take the drums out. The speed of my blunts, I greet, I'ma eat my own flow. And I'm in need of a flaw, I'ma eat me a rapper, I might as well eat me a hoe. Oh. I'm hot as hell when the weather is freezing the cold, as a devil, a demon, and ghost. I'ma get even to even, get even some more. It's too late to even get low. Bow, Wolfgang, Wolfgang, that's what I need you to know. Moolah, Weezy the goat. The wind beneath my wings, desert eagle, underneath my coat. Yeah, 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 yeah. Moolah. Bitch. Hard over here admiring the view of the mountains from the lake. We're back on Uncultured. That was brand new Tyler, the creator, and Lil Wayne. That song's called Hot Wind Blows. Comes off of the uh, just-released Tyler, the creator project, his seventh album. It's called uh, Call Me If You Get Lost. What do you think of that track? I can't wait to listen to the whole album when I get home. Uh, I forgot that it came out last night. I remember during the day, I'm like, it comes out tonight. I got to listen to it. And I didn't listen to it because I got home and knocked the fuck out. Yeah, that uh, that record's amazing. I've always liked Tyler. I really liked Goblin era Tyler, like the early Tyler. Same, same, same. And then whenever he started evolving his sound, I still listened to it, and there were still tracks I liked, but it kind of drifted away from what I wanted him to do. Um, and this project has a lot of the old school Tyler. It's still got some of the kind of uh, blend of what he's been doing more recently on a, on some of the songs. But yeah, that track is crazy, and Wayne snaps on it. And uh, I'm going to start with something that's on uh, the sad side of things. Oh, no. Mark Hoppus revealed this week that he is battling cancer, went on to Instagram and said that he began treatment three months ago and has a long road ahead of him, posted a couple of photos of himself that really like shocked and, and scared his fans because he looked so unlike himself. And uh, I just wanted to say that's, uh, that we are big Mark Hoppus fans here, and, uh, and we're sending him the best. That's pretty sad news. It's pretty sad news, but he can, he'll, he'll pull through. He'll pull through. He's in good spirits. I think he probably didn't want to tell his fans early on. He just wasn't ready for it. I'm glad he was ready to tell the world because I feel that the amount of love that he's getting after after telling everybody about it, is really gonna inspire him and and kind of keep him motivated and 
and help him push through. Because I do believe that uh, beating cancer is, is mental. A lot of it's mental and being tough and strong and doing all the things. My buddy Shark, yes, my buddy's, my friend's name is Shark. He had lymphoma, which is, you know, all cancers are bad. That's one of the ones that usually if you do the chemo, you'll be okay. Um, and he fasted, which I'm a big faster. I fast as well every single day, as you know. So, so I want to let the listeners know that I, I'm a big faster. I fast every day. I don't eat till afternoon and I stop eating uh, at 8 p.m. My buddy Shark beat lymphoma because he's so mentally tough. He's from the Ukraine, so he's seen some shit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And uh, he fasted while doing chemotherapy. That's incredible. He would fast and he, he, would, he would do chemo and not eat for like three days after. He just would t- drink tea and water because if you think about it, and what he told me was cancer needs to feed on stuff. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't feed it, it dies. Well, and that's something that I've always been a, a firm believer in too. I think that we, we have seen enough evidence in the, the medical field that there are people who you know, are more pessimistic and the doctor tells you, okay, you've got six months to live and they die exactly six months later because they listen to that and they hear it and they're like, yep, I'm dying. Mm-hmm. And then you hear stories. There's a, actually a great documentary, and I'm not even trying to promote veganism, which uh, I am a vegan, but there's a great documentary called Forks Over Knives uh, that's on Netflix, actually. And there's some stories in there about this, uh, this doctor um, from the Cleveland Clinic who was treating a bunch of uh, terminally ill cancer patients. All of these people... Um, I think there was 12 of them. It's been a while since I watched it. But they had all been given like six months or a year diagnosis to live. And out of those people, only two of them ended up dying because they all committed themselves to changing their lives. They all changed their diet. They all fought against it. And all of them are, most of them are still alive right now today. It's all about the diet, man. You people got to cut out the, all that crappy sugar, cut out the sodas, stop eating McDonald's. I don't know who eats this, but stop with those TV dinners, all that heated up, all that shit that has plastic on it, and you heat it up in a microwave, and it still has plastic, and you're eating out of it. It's terrible, guys. Fix your diets. Sugar's the devil. I used to eat those things as a kid, like the Hungry Man TV dinners. Yeah. And, bro, looking back on that, I cannot believe we were eating stuff like that. Can you imagine? We were eating straight chemicals and food dyes, and this was on the reg. You know what I mean? Well, I got another story that I'm going to touch on later with you that is along these lines, but I'm going to save that and, and keep us in music. And I just want to say uh, shout out to, to Mark Hoppus because you got two big fans here and uh, we're sending you all the best. To me, I know that we talk a lot about our love of Travis Barker, but Mark Hoppus was always my personal favorite member of Blink. Mm-hmm. Um, I loved all of the stuff that he's done. Um, the, the Simple Creatures project that he did with uh, Alex Gaskar, I never really got into, but when you talk about like plus, plus 44, 44 let's I love go. that stuff. Love plus 44. Um, so I'm going to keep it in, in the old school realm. And I, I'm, I'm going to ask you a name that I don't think you're going to know. And then I'm going to ask you the group name that you would know the person's from and see. Do you remember who Keely Williams is? No. Do you remember 3LW? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So oh, she was the cute one. I thought she was the cute one. Yeah, she was my favorite, too. Um, so she was in the news this week, and this is a pretty funny per- story for people of and our age. She was a cheetah girl, dude. She was a cheetah girl. Still today, my favorite of the 3LW ladies. Um, and they're all beautiful, but yes. she always just stuck out to me as the, the one that I was into. Yeah. 
So she came. She was on a, a show this week, and uh, she they asked her if she had any uh, famous entanglements whenever 3LW was at the top. <laughs> I love that word, entanglements. Yeah. Uh, well, she revealed that she had an entanglement with Mario. Which Mario? Mario Mario? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she was with Mario for a hot minute, but the real tea of this was she revealed that she also had entanglements with the members of B2K. How many of them? All of them. Damn straight. All of them, huh? Were, did they go on tour together? Uh, they never toured together, but they were on all the kind of like festivals at the time and all the special award shows and all this stuff. They were like the two big groups at the time, yeah. so they were always around. And the, her quote that I loved, because you have talked to me on one of our earlier shows about how you wanted to be like a, the, a, a, in a boy band because you could have been the dancer and the, the, all that stuff. Yep. She said, you get bored after all of the shows and you run out of dancers very quickly. Wow. So that tells me that she was just running through people. Running and through. I'm like, man, if we could have been there. Dude, you're young. <laughs> you, it's just like, uh, you know, it's just like all these people on the tours. On like, you know, you perform and then you chill on the bus and everybody's, you know, yeah. drinking and smoking and everybody's fucking. And that's just the way tours are. And Yeah. And I've been on those tours and it does. It, you just move through each other. You yeah. know, it just. Comes about. I hope no one's shaming her because you know how it is. It's, no. It's, it's like if, a, you know, yeah, all these guys, all these rock stars have always ran through girls, you know, and now girls coming out and be like, yeah, I ran through all the boys. I ran through dancers, this and that. I hope no one's like, oh, you're a hoe. No, she's just doing what everybody does on tours when for, you're single. From what I saw, everybody was like, you go. Like, that's yeah, dope. Straight up. Because every every woman of that time that was our age wanted B2K and Mario. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Every girl wanted to to. To you know, hop on that hop on that tour bus. So speaking of entanglements, Will Smith. I was going to go to Jada Pinkett Smith. Okay, close. So uh, we just passed Tupac's birthday a couple weeks ago. Um, shout out to the legend who we both love. But you know they had a some sort of relationship back during uh, during the nineties. Nineties, yeah. At his birthday, she put out a post on Instagram. Uh, sharing her like love and affection for him, shared a never-before-seen poem because, you know, Pac was a poet and put out a poetry book. and Best poet. Yeah, amazing. And it was full-on like he had drawn the eyes instead of writing eyes, and it was a poem that he wrote to her that no one had ever seen before that she had like kept over the years. My question is, how does Will Smith feel about this? <laughs> You're pulling this out 20 years later, and sending your love and putting out the emoji with the the eyes closed and the tongue sticking out. <sighs> Why she never posted before? That's what I'm saying. And also, you just dragged the man through the mud. And I I love Jada Pinkett Smith. I was riding for her during that whole August Alcina thing. I think she's beautiful. And just like we were talking about with Keely Williams, hey, whatever they have decided is okay for them is okay for them. Yeah. But if I'm Will Smith, I'm going to be like, really? You got to do this right now. You know what? I don't think Will Smith cares, man. I don't. I don't think he. He cares. looked like he cared a lot at that red table talk. No, I know that. <laughs> I, know, I know he cared about that one, but I don't think he cares about this one. He he had to have known about it. So I guess you know. The, of course, we don't know what's going on, but we have to just assume that they have an open relationship. They've been had an open relationship. They were swingers. 
Well, that's always been a rumor. It's never been confirmed. But we also know that I, I, I brought this up to you during the whole August Alsina thing. If you go back and look at whatever project it was on where, where he and Margot Robbie were on a movie together and they yeah. were doing that presser together. And she was like, oh, yeah, meeting Will really changed my life. And he looked at her and goes, it changed your life, huh? Yeah. And it just got that vibe that there was something there, too. So I think that they they just do what they do. But, man, it's after- also It's also Margot Robbie. Yeah. Like, yeah. my girlfriend will give me a hot pass. Well, and that's the other thing you got to say about Pac, too. It was Tupac. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's Tupac. But I, I would still feel a type of way if you just dragged me through the public mud with August Alsina and now you're putting out this big post to Pac. I'm like, could you just lay back for a minute? <laughs> Do that next year. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> I'm going to jump into some, some new music. A lot. It's, we were just talking, too, off the mic before the show started. The last two weeks has been a really great week for new, a couple weeks for new music, so much so that we've played a little bit already on the show today. We played the Ty Dollar track from last week. We played the new Tyler. But there's tons of music we're not even going to get to today. So I wanted to just pick a few things and, and play them for you so I could get your reaction to them and make sure that you knew what was coming. Um, the first one is going to be something that I need you to guess on, okay? Okay. This is a project that we only have a short snippet of because it's not fully released yet, but uh, they released the snippet, and this project is coming out on Record Store Day. It's a special release for Record Store Day. So I'm going to play you this real quick. Any guesses so far? Well, it's a Saturday Night Fever sample, right? It's a cover. I'll give you that. Yeah. It's obviously a disco cover. Yeah. No guesses so far, though. No, because I need to hear it. That's just the cover. Or is that somebody singing that's, the cover? That's, that's someone not- singing it. That's, that's, that's the band that you're going to be guessing. It's a, so it's a band? Yeah, it's a band. Um, it's not Jungle. What if I, what if I said to you... It's Project in Tribute to the Bee Gees. Yes. And they're calling themselves the DGs for this. Oh, my God. Who, give me another little clip. So I'm, I'm going to give you a clip so you recognize who I'm talking about. Okay. I've got another confession. Get the fuck out of here. That was Dave Grohl. You're fucking kidding me. That was the Foo Fighters. They're calling themselves the DGs for this release, and I love the title of the project. It's called Hell Satin. Oh. All Disco. My Lord, I am so pumped for this. You can't even imagine. Super cool, you, right? You, you knew I'd be pumped for this. Yeah. Wow. I, I love Dave Grohl. I will say that I haven't really listened to the, the Foo's so much in their their later era. I think you have more Hell so. yeah. But I love the Foo Fighters. I've seen them live a bunch of times, and who doesn't love Dave Grohl? Yeah, everybody needs to love Dave Grohl because he's the greatest ever. Yeah, and just this this past week, uh, they were playing at Madison Square Garden, and they brought Dave Chappelle up on stage with them, and they covered Creep, and Dave Chappelle saying Creep. Get the fuck out of <laughs> yeah. here. Is there a clip of that? Yeah, yeah. There's a, a whole video they put up on YouTube of it. Wow. Pretty cool. I got to check that out. But yeah, they're, uh, they're doing for Record Store Day a tribute to the Bee Gees, and they're the DGs. So how do we, are they doing, it's a full album or? 
Yeah, I think it's, well, it's going to be like an EP. I couple, think it's like seven, covers. eight tracks. Okay. Yeah, all disco era stuff. And how good did he sound doing disco? So good. He could do anything, though. Yeah, I thought that was really cool. Jumping into some more new music, uh, I wanted to talk to you quickly about someone whose last song we really loved. Uh, there was just a new release from Willow. Oh. So this is the second song from the project that she's doing with Travis Barker that's going to come out later this summer. I'm going to just play it, get your, your thoughts on it. This is called Lipstick. So what are your thoughts on that, on the first sample of it? I absolutely love it. Really? I cannot wait for the whole thing. Here's what I'll say about it. I, I think the song is fine. I don't like it near as much as Transparent Soul. But what I took away from that is hearing her on this song and the last song, she's got a great voice for rock. Yeah. She sounds like uh, the, the, the new coming of Haley Williams. Yeah, I, I'm super excited to hear what the full project was. I got to say, on the first couple of listens um, since that song came out, I'm not the hugest fan of it, but it's it's going somewhere. I was waiting for the chorus. Is there like an upbeat chorus in that song, or does it just kind of stay like that? It's just kind of dirgy like that. There okay. is a chorus on it, mm -hmm. but it doesn't move out of that kind of ballpark that you just heard. Yeah, that sounded more like the typical Willow Smith stuff we're used to. Now, I'm going to play you another person, and um, I, I want you to just take a guess as to who this might be. Okay. Any guesses on who that might be? Sounds like Troy Sivan, but I know it can't be him. So before I tell you who it is, what were your opinions on that? It's like that L.A. indie style of music, kind of like what like Khalid does and stuff like that, like Rex Orange County type of vibe. So just showing you the dichotomy of everything that is the Smith family, that was Jaden. That was Jaden? That was Jaden Smith. Man, I love him too. I'm glad. They both put out singles this week, and they both have albums coming up on Rock Nation uh, this summer, I guess. Yeah, he's cool. Uh, you know, it's a little bit sleepy for me. It's not my style, but the people who like Jaden are going to love it. Yeah, I, I'm kind of hit or miss with Jaden. He puts out some stuff sometimes that is kind of more trippy. Yeah, I can listen to a whole album of his, but he dropped some good singles. The next one I have to play for you, and this is solely for you, because when you hear who is back... Oh my God. You're going to be like really stoked about it, and you're going to understand why this is solely for you. <laughs> okay. This Who is, is this is, um, there's a, a full new album that just came out. This is the intro track of it. You take it. Oh, I already know. I already know. Yeah, buddy. Yeah. Hey, I 
got rent, I got bills, but I want to wreck a deal. Don't want to give up on my dreams, because I know I got skills. People saying I won't make it, sometimes that's how it feels. Dreams and ambitions are making millions from record deals. Emotions, I let it spill. I'm going in for the kill, giving my everything still. I hope you feel me for real. Just me and all my homies, we want it now more than ever. So that is, of course, Logic, my man, my guy. The, the, Worst rapper who is openly dare. successful in the world. Gosh, don't you dare. He's talking about you in that song. Uh, fine. I Because I'll tell you this. I have never liked Logic, and you know that. Yes. I told you from the jump that he was not retiring to be a Twitch talent. And I knew that. And the other thing is you can't say you retired and put out an album six months later. That's I, not a retirement. I agree with you. And the worst part is, is that he's not the first time he's retired. And He's retired twice already. On top of that, you know what I really hate is that he put out a press statement mimicking the um, Jordan coming back to the NBA, yeah. where it was the legal letter saying yeah. um, that he has two words for everyone. I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. <sighs> Get the fuck out of here. I'll give you some credit to that. I wasn't a fan of him coming back so soon, but what I hope is that. So being a big Logic fan, I didn't like his last two albums. I've never liked any of them. I know, I know you haven't. So I'm right there with you. I know you, you haven't. I, really, <laughs> I didn't, I still listen to them because, you know, I pushed through it, but it wasn't my, I just think he's such an artist. He's so talented. He's, he's one of those that's like always writing. So his lyrics are always good to listen to. It's always like a good vibe with a good beat. Not necessarily are they all bangers. Um, I'm, a, I'm more of a person that's like, be a writer, write a bunch of songs, put a lot of songs like in your vault but then only drop the bangers. So you have, so every single album you drop is just straight hits after hits after hits. If you're always writing, always putting just like everything that like comes to your mind out, it gets, your good stuff gets watered down. So moving on from new music, there's a couple other uh, music adjacent headlines I wanted to hit on before we go to break. So uh, first of all, obviously the big story this past week was Britney. Yeah, free Britney. Man, that was so like heart wrenching mm-hmm. to hear her go through her whole account. Um, for I don't know how anyone could have missed it, but if you did, um, she spoke to the court for the first time in like three or four years. Um, she said that she felt forced to perform. Um, she's been given no privacy, has been made to use birth control, take medications, and visit treatment against her will. She said that her father uh, made sure that the doctors gave her lithium, which is very heavy, um, despite her objections, and that when she was taking it, um, she was basically freaking out on it. Mm -hmm. And when she told her family that she was freaking out on it, instead of helping her move to something else, they put four live-in doctors in her house that she didn't want there. Um, She also said that her father has denied her getting married to her boyfriend, Um, and that she is required to wear an IUD so they can't have kids together. Um, She she was quoted in the court as saying, I just want my life back. It's been 13 years, and that's enough. I deserve to have the same rights as everyone else. This is the one. She's going to be free after this. You got to hope so. You have to. It's it's got to. It's it's the world will will blow up if she doesn't go free. 
So I feel like this is this is the one that finally does it. It also makes uh, everyone from, you know, whatever, 15, 20-ish years ago look like such assholes for the way that they handled her. Mm-hmm. A girl who grew up in the Disney scene, which we know has caused a lot of damage to people, and was clearly going through mental health struggles, and this is what they came up with. We're going to put a lawyer that you didn't pick and your dad in charge of your life forever. Yeah. Insane. I can't believe it even happened. Yeah, looking back on that, that's going to be like one of the greatest things in entertainment that was like, how the fuck did we let this happen? I wish she could sue her dad. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like after like she gets freed and then just be like, you know what? Fuck you, dad. I'm suing you for all you got. And she said that it's pretty much like like sex trafficking. Like she's been sex trafficked. Yeah, it's, it's a really crazy thing too because the place my mind went is... Okay, she hasn't been able to use her money. Mm-hmm. I want to know how much of her money he's blown over the last 13 years. Because from what I hear from people we know, he's been out there living like high on the hog, doing anything he wants, being a like a problem drunk from accounts that I've heard, you know, allegedly we'll say because I, you know, we can't prove Man, that. Fuck that guy. But this dude has just been living off of her for this entire period whenever the whole thing was, we're going to protect her money. So you don't let her have it, but you're out there doing anything you want with it. Yeah. That is fucked. It's a crime. Uh, hashtag free Britney. She's going she's gonna to get free, and I hope her life gets back to normal. I want her to, She wants to have more kids. I hope she has more kids. I hope... She gets married. We all just want her to be happy. And she's, you know, she's the female female goat. Like, she needs to she needs to live her life and have her money, dude. I also felt really bad for her um, when she came out and said, she put out an apology to her fans and yeah. said, sorry for pretending everything was okay. Yeah. And I'm like, you don't have to apologize to anybody. Yeah. You've been in prison, essentially. Yeah, we get it, dude. We yeah. Get it. Uh, free Britney. We're, we're hashtag free Britney over here on Uncultured. Um, speaking of, of music and the great music week we've had, though, I'm going to throw us to break and I'm going to play two brand new tracks that have come out uh, from artists that I really fuck with. Um, so we're going to start off with her and Young Blue off of her new album, Back in My Mind. This song is called Paradise. We'll be right back. It's a lot of things I do Kiss you. It's been a long time. Hope you had that pussy on lock for me. Hope 
you had them bitches on black for me. I can give you what you want, I just need to know your intention. And I'ma call you when I land, cause you know that I miss you. I ain't worried about the games they play, they ain't got a damn thing on you. When you get up that plane, I'ma put it on you. I gave you some last night, you can feel it in the morning. You making me drunk, and I like when you rain in the pond. Come put it on me. are listening to uncultured uh i am josh and he is josh as well we're gonna jump into our last segment of the week and uh then we're gonna get into some picks of the week after that yo man check this out there's a new show coming out 
and I'm gonna be super stoked about. What's that show? So they're gonna make a uh, AMC, the people who make The Walking Dead. Okay. Made Breaking Bad. Same producers as Breaking Bad are making an interview with the Vampire series. Okay, so I am familiar with what interview of, with a vampire is. I've never seen it. You've never seen it? No. Arguably the best vampire movie of all time. Uh, it's really, it's really well done. Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt. Uh, you know, I, I, I couldn't really tell you any other vampire movies other than that. I don't really. Yeah. Not a vampire guy, huh? Nah. It just well, not even that. Like, if there was some some crazy ones out there, you know, um, I, I like horror films. Yeah. Um, but I feel like you never really see vampires in those movies. I yeah. feel like it's more old school. That's why uh, Interview with the Vampire just did the movie so right. It like you have to watch it. We're gonna. I'm definitely gonna watch it with you around this Halloween time because it's it's a must watch. You'll like it. It's nothing too crazy. Um, Antonio Banderas is in it. It's it, it it kind of makes vampires. If they were to really exist, this would be the way they kind of lived. Is that the one that um, Kirsten Dunst? Yes, is in? yes. Okay. Little Kirsten Dunst. Okay. She's a vampire. It's it's done very well. But pretty much it's gonna be done by the same people who made Breaking Bad. So you know it's gonna be epic. And interview. Interview with the Vampire is a series of novels written by Anne Rice back in the 19, like 1976. So it's going to be, you know, there's going to be probably the main show. And there's going to probably be a couple spinoff shows. I think it's going to be great for AMC. I love the stuff they do. I love Breaking Bad, you know, one of the best shows ever, if not the best show ever. Um, I'm a big Walking Dead fan as well. You know, I've never watched either of those shows either. Oh, <laughs> my God. Jesus I know Christ we're not gosh. doing nerd news this week. We're we're doing more pop culture stuff, and I guess I'm not even into wow, that because I've never crazy. seen any of those. I was like, Josh's metal as hell. He'll love vampire shit. I can't believe it. I thought he was gonna be like, yo, no way. But hey, now we know. <laughs> I'm just stoked for anything. I do like vampire stuff. I I like. Uh, there's bands with vampire themes. I dig that. Yes. I just don't watch a lot of movies and shit. Yeah, and I can't picture you watching Twilight either. No, I've never seen Twilight. Okay, so moving on from <laughs> vampires, another uh, interesting thing that's coming out is the new Halloween movie called Halloween Kills. Yeah, just watch the trailer for that. It's the taking place. It starts right after... The last movie, the 2018 movie, just called Halloween. Uh, the movie ended, spoiler alert, uh, with Jamie Lee Curtis's character and her granddaughter or whatever mm -hmm. uh, locking locking him up in a house in like the basement, and then the house caught on fire, and then they leave. And then this movie is starting with the firefighters coming and putting the fire out. And then in the trailer, you guys got to watch this. Spoiler alert once again. It's just, it starts off with Jamie Lee Curtis just like screaming, no, no, as she sees the ambulance is heading to the house and then the firefighters come and then one of the firefighters falls through the floor and then of course he comes out, Mike Myers comes out and just kills all the firefighters and it's amazing. Apparently it's going to have great reviews just from everybody talking about it. Say, Jamie Lee Curtis said it's going to be a masterpiece. The director promised it to be a crazy slasher. And it's going to have the biggest kill count ever. So I'm stoked about that. Apparently, it's just like murder after murder after murder. What I think is funny is the premise is they finally gather a group of his victims in this movie. 
and then they go after him in this movie to try to kill him. That sounds interesting. I, would, I, I like those style of movies, yeah. and so I always watch them. But the thing that is funny to me is exactly the starting point of this movie. Yeah. The, the janky, hilarious <laughs> ways that they always have to bring these guys back to life. Yeah. <laughs> after the last He's movie. in a burning house, and like they finally thought they did it, and the firefighters come, and he not only gets out of the burning unscathed, his clothes is, I guess, uh, fireproof. Fire retardant, is that how you yeah, say it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like his mask didn't melt. I guess it's like really high quality latex. Maybe it did melt just to his face. That would be sick. Yeah, they should have thought about that, but I don't think they did. It's done by Blumhouse, um, who does pretty fun stuff sometimes. You know what's really funny to me that uh, you know, like the scary movie uh, franchise, the comedy version of it. Uh-huh. How come they never did a take on that with Mike Myers? Genius. Like from Wayne's World. <laughs> Genius. They should have done that. We we just wrote the next scary movie. movie. Scary movie. Hey, six. Wayne's Brothers, there's your idea. Run with that. Run with it. This is also the 12th installment Jesus. of this franchise. It's 12th. Do you think that's the longest running one? Or you might know, but is I, that like the longest spanning series of... It's got to. And not only that. Yo, how the fuck have you not killed this motherfucker yet? <laughs> yeah, because that's not- the thing. He was never undead. Yeah. He was just a guy. Just a guy. How have you not chopped him up into pieces? Like in this movie, it, it needs to end with him being tied, his limbs being tied to horses, and the horses just <laughs> scatter in different directions and rip him limb to, rip, rip all his limbs off. There, you have to kill this guy. You got to literally watch him be chopped into a million pieces for it to be done. Is Jamie Lee Curtis in this one too? She is. So I feel like they're probably just going to keep this franchise going until she doesn't want to do it anymore. Yeah, so like I said, in this one, they finally gather the group of all his victims, and then the group goes after him in this one, and they finally get rid of him once and for all. Interesting. He survived the burning building. I don't know how they're going to... I'll watch it. Yeah, I mean, why not, right? Yeah. With a high kill count, that's what the people want. Yeah, yeah. Just murder after murder. What I'm excited is, so there's a group, there's a group going after to kill him, and there's a high kill count in the movie. Does the whole group get killed as well? Only Jamie Lee Curtis survives again. <laughs> how, yeah, how do you not just roll up? How do you how do you not just like roll up there with like a grenade? Like if I'm Jamie Lee Curtis, I'm just rolling up with like a grenade. Well, and also you just talked about how they never killed him. How has she never been killed? Get a rocket launcher, dude. <laughs> dude there's such there's so many ways to kill this man. It's one guy. Roll up like if I was Jamie Lee Curtis, I just roll up to like, you know, the 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 local gang and be like, hey. Here, I have money. Can you guys kill this one guy for me? And then they just go and they just shoot him up, you know, training day style. Like, they just roll up with a van. The door opens up, and they just fucking come out with, like, a machine gun and just kill him. Freddy Krueger ain't got shit on me. (laughs) (laughs) And then he just starts taking the bullets. I love to see it. Uh, Another little thing moving on is big, big topic this week in in the Marvel world. So, as you know, there's a show called Loki, or did you not know? I had no idea. So, there's a Loki show <laughs> with Tom Hiddleston on Disney+. Plus. I do kind of feel like we're doing nerd news again. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of Because it's everything news. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. There's just not that, that many nerd topics this week, so this is kind of nerd news, but it's also pop culture. Yeah, it, it is pop culture, but yes. I just feel out of the loop again. No, good, good. I, yeah. I, I like when you're out of the loop. So, <laughs> so, Loki is bisexual confirmed on the show. 
Interesting. You know, he looks. I I don't know who's doing mm-hmm. Loki this time, but when you talk it's about Tom, those Tom Hiddleston, when you talk about those kind of characters and that era mm-hmm. and those kind of like gods, yes, they do look bisexual. Yeah, and they're, and they're gods. They're well groomed and like wearing yeah. furs and weird yeah. jewelry and stuff. And, and all those like you know those murals painted on like chapels and stuff like that when they're talking about gods and greek god, it's always yeah. always like naked always wearing robes like yeah i'm sure you know well we know that that was like the the greeks and the romans yeah. were pretty was, like bisexual yeah, back then it so, was like normal right yeah. so, so of course glad. loki's bisexual. yeah and it's pretty cool how they said it hopefully they didn't just like say it in passing just to like check all their boxes you know what i mean like yeah okay, good well, he's bisexual good check boom good like job, uh like Phil and Lil's mom on the new Rugrats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I want to see Phil and Lil's mom go, like, on a date. You know what I mean? <laughs> but so Loki is confirmed as bisexual. What's rare is that a male character is bisexual. Because usually I feel like now every time there is a bisexual character, it's always like a like a woman. Yeah, that's the weird thing. And, you know, I hate to, to get into his business, but uh, our friend Jason Ellis, yeah, he's talked about this a lot where, you know, he's he's bi. And he's talked a lot about how for some reason in American culture, it's more acceptable for women to be bi instead of men. And so I think that's super cool that they're they're doing that in the film. And hopefully that, like, inspires some people or, or at least makes them more aware that that happens. Yes. Uh, like Harley Quinn is known to be bisexual. Poison Ivy. Really? Valkyrie. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even know that. Yeah, like in the co- comic-wise. Uh, Constantine. There's a new Suicide Squad movie moving forward coming out. And this one is not going to be complete uh, garbage because it's done by one of my favorite directors, James Gunn, who did some of my favorite movies. Guardians, the of, Guardians the of the Galaxy. Yeah. Who arguably, to me, in my opinion, has always have the best scores and the best music choices because he has he always plays like songs from the 70s and from the 80s and they're always like bangers so it always goes with the movie he always plays like a nice fun song while there's like a fight going on you know what i mean and i I love when he does that i love james gunn he's he's been the first director to do a dc and a marvel movie you know what i mean yeah 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 and uh so i'm really stoked the trailer came out um I, I just can't wait for this movie to not be trash. So I didn't see the first Suicide Squad. Good. Because, don't. A, I, I don't really watch a lot of movies like yeah. that, so I have to be told, hey, you got to see this, and everybody yeah. said it was bad. Mm-hmm. I did see the um, the Birds of Prey, and I thought that was actually, I was into that. You liked it? Yeah, I thought it was oh, cool. Okay. So and so I will watch this. Good. So you know the music's going to be good at least, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? The only problem I have with this movie that John Cena's in it. So... I have a, a couple of stories for you as well before we get into our picks of the week. Uh-huh. So this is a this is hilarious to me. I don't know how we became the the Jennifer Lopez, Alex Rodriguez, Ben Affleck gossip show, <laughs> but it's just really entertaining to it's me. It's so entertaining. So the latest update on this, I don't know if you've seen it, but I saw it and I was like, I got to bring this up and get your thoughts on it. Alex Rodriguez was at a, he was spotted at a birthday party this weekend uh, with the birthday girl sitting with her, and it was Ben Affleck's ex. What a stud. <laughs> what, a, what a move. <laughs> so SNL producer uh, Lindsay Shookus dated Ben Affleck for years, on and off. They broke up for their last time a couple of years ago, according to the the research I was doing into this story. <laughs> and Ben Affleck is, of course, rekindling his romance with Jennifer Lopez. 
out comes Alex Rodriguez with his ex. On top of this, the other Alex Rodriguez news this week, he just bought a house in the Hamptons in the exact same neighborhood a few houses away from J-Lo's mom. What a savage. Is he King Petty? Yeah, he's winning. He's winning too. I think it's fucking hilarious that Alex Rodriguez, one of the highest paid baseball players of all time, now is just like trolling the shit out of her. Yeah, dude, he's trolling on the highest level. This is this is definitely trolling on the highest level. I still think she's winning here. How? But I No, she's not winning. She's with Ben Affleck. A drunk that 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 can't date a girl for longer than a few months. Okay, but let's be real here. I'm talking about he. she's back in the, the romance that the fans are excited to see her in, and she's still Jennifer Lopez, who is just, like, more appreciated than he is in general. So mm-hmm. I think this is him. This is why I said King Petty. Yeah. This is him just finding little digs that he can take because yeah. he's so annoyed that she left for good and is back with Ben Affleck. Yeah, it's... uh. I don't know, man. I don't know how you go back like that, right? Like, in life, we should always be moving forward. How are you going to go back to a guy that it didn't work out with, which you already fucking know, we fucking know, everybody out here knows that it's not going to work out? I mean, maybe it does, though. Sometimes people do that. Sometimes you're at the wrong place in your life. That's true. And then you both grow and you realize, oh, okay, we can come back together because we do love each other kind of thing. <laughs> but he's on, he was on Raya like the same week that they got back, you know, like DMing girls uh, video messages. We'll see. I'm, I've, to me, I've never been a big A-Rod guy. But, mm-hmm. And this goes back to... I grew up liking the Yankees. I hate the Yankees. And so I've he never liked them. Yeah. Ruined the Yankees. Well, he's from he's from Miami, so that's the only connection I have with him. And um, I think he's a great baseball announcer, as much as I hate it. And then the greatest reason that I'm not a fan of his, but I think that it's hilarious. There was a story a couple of years ago. Some people moved into an apartment, and his apartment in New York City was across the street. And you're talking about these like multi million dollar amazing apartments, floor-to-ceiling windows. Mm-hmm. They could see into his, one of the rooms in his house. And he had a painting of a centaur with him as coming out of the centaur <laughs> in his house. Yes. I think that that's right up there with one of the greatest, like... Is that a boss move? It's, I, it's something. But it's, it's on the... What I was going to say is it's on the line. Have you heard the, the Jeter stories about how he used to hook up with girls and he had, like, a hookup apartment? Yeah. And then after he hooked up with them, he would give them, like, a gift basket that had a signed baseball and other shit. Yeah, with, like, an NDA and then, like, a driver that dr- drives them back. Yeah, they see, go. that to me is boss shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, we had a good night. Here's a signed baseball. Yeah. Instead of having a centaur painting in your house. That's... If you're a single guy... And you're Ben Affleck. You can have a centaur of yourself. Why not? No, this is A-Rod that oh, had this the centaur. Oh, A-Rod. A-Rod oh. had the centaur. That's, that sounds like an A-Rod move. And I don't know, man. From what I've heard, don't ask me how I know this. You know, he's dude's got a pipe on him. You know what I mean? So he kind of is half man, half horse, if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> dude, dude, from what I've heard from the, from the streets in Miami, dude's got a pipe on him. So if I had a pipe... Like 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 you know like a hydro flask dangling from my undercarriage. I would uh, have a centaur of myself as well in my living room. So speaking of uh, of having a pipe, <laughs> speak <laughs> Nick Cannon. 
Does he have a pipe? Nick Cannon apparently has a pipe. But the reason I'm jumping into this Makes is sense. so uh, on Father's Day, uh, about a week and a half ago, um, he revealed that he and uh, the model Alyssa Scott mm-hmm. are expecting a child together. Um, congratulations. That's awesome. Alyssa Scott, it, he met her uh, when she was a cast member on Wild and Out. But the reason I bring this up and the correlation I make to what you just said Mm -hmm. is because uh, this would make Nick Cannon's fourth child within the last year. Doesn't he have like five baby mamas? He has. uh, This is going to be in the last year. This is going to be the fourth child with the third baby mama. Wow. Four children with three baby mamas in in, a, in the span of a year. You win your show back. I say Nick Cannon is man of the year. I say clap it up for the for the for the goat. <laughs> clap it up for Nick Cannon. Yeah, I, I dig it. Yo. Uh, so the other thing that I wanted to talk to you about quickly is uh, talking about not knowing what we're eating. We, you know, we were talking about the hungry man mm-hmm. dinners and shit like that. So New York Times published a report this week, which revealed that lab tests. Uh, could not find any tuna DNA in the Subway tuna sandwich. I saw that. That makes sense to me. I don't know. Remember when Subway was healthy or people thought? People always thought it was healthy. It was never never healthy. Who the hell convinced the world that eating a loaf of bread was healthy? (laughs) Well, on top of that, this this news about their tuna comes only a couple of months after, uh, I think it was back in December or something, the Irish Supreme Court ruled that Subway could not call those loaves bread because it didn't have any uh, ingredients in it that was bread. Yeah. (laughs) Insane. So it's like, what have have people been eating all this time? Is it like 3D printed? I want to know what's in those meatballs because you all know we all ran through a bunch of those meatball subs back in the day. So the study not only could not find tuna DNA, but the lab couldn't even determine the origins of the ingredients that were in it. Oh my um, God. It says no amplifiable tuna DNA was present in the sample, and we were unable to obtain amplification products from the DNA. Therefore, we cannot identify the species. The meat's fake. The bread's not bread. Jared's in jail for being a pedo. How is Subway still open? I don't know, dude. Maybe they got to change. They got to rebrand like Wingstop. Maybe Subway is the Illuminati, and that's how they survive all of these catastrophes. Yeah, dude, I don't know, man. The face of your brand was one of the worst pedophiles in American history. They, they need a rebranding. They need to call themselves Train Stop or something like that. <laughs> or, you know, it's a Subway Eat Fresh. Yeah. Subway Eat Shit. Show that's four. A, yeah, that's a, that's a month of us doing the show, having a lot of fun. I hope you guys are having fun with us. You know, um, Interesting, before we go to the picks of the week, I told you I started looking at some of the analytics for the show, uh-huh. and um, we have a lot of listeners in the U.S., obviously. Do you know what our number two market is currently right now? So you said one was Boston or is one L.A.? No, I'm, I'm saying outside of the U.S., sorry. Oh, uh, Canada? Germany. Germany. We have a lot of listeners in Germany, apparently. My dog. I got a couple of friends in Germany. From from the fighter from the fighting world, so maybe that's interesting. Yeah, for sure. It was Germany, and then we get into some some islands. 
Um, we have a bunch of listeners in Australia that I found out, which is cool. Hey. Um, we have a bunch of listeners in Trinidad. We have a bunch of listeners in Jamaica. We're, we're the, I think maybe some of the music we're playing is reverberating, but we're going to, you know, COVID's over. People are traveling again. We're going to have to get down to the islands. Oh, my God. I might have to uh, take the mantle of Mr. Worldwide from my dog Pitbull. <laughs> Follow us. Talk to us at Uncultured Radio on Instagram and Twitter. But, yeah, this has been episode four of Uncultured. We're going to get out of here the way we always do with picks of the week. Josh, what is your pick of the week? I have this young producer named Tisha, spelled T-S-H-A, coming from the UK. She's young. She's got a real good vibe. It's an edm track, but this is going to be one of my songs of the summer. I feel like it just has that summer vibe. It makes you want to dance.
All right, that was Tisha with only L. That was uh, Josh's pick of the week. Josh Eldridge is coming up with his pick of the week. So have a happy 4th of July. As you could tell, we themed a a lot of this music around music you might want to hear whenever you're barbecuing or hanging by the pool or the beach or what have you. So enjoy the holiday. We'll be back with you next week. Um, I'm going to leave you with my pick of the week, which is uh, a he's best known as a producer. His name is Nascent. He's from Chicago. He's known for producing for Chance the Rapper, uh, 50 Cent, a bunch of big names. Really dope producer. And he put out his own project uh, just recently. It's called Minus the Bullshit. Life is great. So I'm going to end us out with that uh, as Nascent Notice. And you've been listening to Uncultured with Josh. And Josh, we'll see you next week, y'all. One for three stacks, like hey y'all. I've been on the ground, I've been trying to stay off, trying to make it to the league, trying to get my little J off. Niggas don't fuck with you till you get popping. They don't really watch till they end like the playoffs. Battle rap niggas made off, like made off, but ate off. It never really helped none of the hoods that they ate off. Years of a life that these niggas like to take off. When they drop zone, they be leading niggas on, like they pulling up a stick and they running in a home. They ain't even from the zone that they said they from, man. Niggas think it ain't cap cause it's over drums. I don't even think of stomaching it with tongue. Damn, what the hell you gonna write then? No more other Shamalam M. Night then. Maybe you can talk about. Fear and enlightenment, nah, that's trifling. Life is a bitch, it's a hey, big head text that I give him life then. Tell me what you doing, baby, y'all let type in. Pull up to your crib, I'ma stroke all night then. Biting on your neck, like attack on Titan, night then. Sure, you gon' make a mark. Shit, keep this shit all 100. I kinda think art keep my soul clear like Jason Mark. I don't know, but my BMW plays the part. Outside a new crib, that's an escrow. It's a lot of shit, I don't know, but I'm blessed though. While I got friends, prematurely put the rest though. Cause a chopper leave a canyon like Tinesco. Leave the details out, you get the gesto. I done made it out, the cheese with pesto. Wrote it, manifested shit like Death Note. I done made it the leather with wood for the finishes. Can't put too much on that though, that diminishes. I've been the same ever since Sega Genesis. Yo, shit, a group on, it's more like a membership. What you got, ain't no way I'm slowing down yet.